you got your Bibles this morning, why don't you pull them out, and uh, you can turn to Acts. Acts chapter 8 is where we're going to be looking today. You can just kind of put a bookmark there, and uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But let's, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and what you're doing in, in our lives, in and through us. God, we pray that you would uh, just speak to us today through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this month, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit, this, this past month. And, uh, you know, the, the point is to give you a greater knowledge of the Holy Spirit, so you can understand it up here, but also a greater understanding of, of who the Holy Spirit is and a greater encounter with the Holy Spirit, so you can experience it in your heart as well. So there's a lot of different ways that we go about it. We want kind of like the whole approach here. So maybe you learn more about the Holy Spirit through a message. Maybe it's through an altar call. Uh, maybe it's through praying at home. Uh, but another way that you can encounter the Holy Spirit and learn more is to grow in knowledge and just read about them through your word or read about them through, through a book. And so today I've got a couple resources with me that I want to send home with many of you today. And the first one is this. It's a little book. Anybody like little books? I'm a fan of little books. You can get through them a lot quicker. Uh, but this is a little book uh, by Tim Enlow. We've had him here a few times and hope to have him again. Uh, but it's on the Holy Spirit. It's, on, it's all about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and uh, what that's like. Maybe you've got questions of like, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? This is a great book that walks you through it and uh, what that means, what it's not, what it is. And so we want to get you this resource today if you're, you're interested in that. And uh, we also have another book too here uh, by Robert Morris called The God I Never Knew. And this one also includes talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, but even beyond that, just who the Holy Spirit is in general and how the Holy Spirit operates in our life. So it's a great bigger picture of the Holy Spirit. And uh, today, before you leave on the back tables down low and up in the balcony, we've got these resources. They are free for you. We just want to resource and help you out. Um, all I ask is if you take one, read it. Don't let it just go uh, look good on your bookshelf, right? Read it, get it in you. And uh, once you're done with it, we don't have enough for everybody, so pass it along to somebody else who wants to read it, all right? And, and a great thing you can do is, is just you can read it, and uh, maybe you get together with someone, go out for coffee, and, and uh, invite them over to your place and just talk about it. Uh, that really helps us to grow in knowledge and all of those things. So uh, talk about it. Get together with people and, and do that. So these resources are free. Again, take them. Hopefully there's none left at the end of the day. Uh, grab one before you go. Uh, but again, just a way that we can help you understand more of who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit can be active in your life. Uh, so today, specifically, we are going to be looking at the Holy Spirit and big word here, fun word, evangelism. All right, the Holy Spirit and evangelism. And what's cool about this, we looked last week at the prayer meeting that went down in the early church, and uh, what was cool is at the end, they were praying for boldness. God, help us to, to share Jesus more. And at the end of it, it said that they all went out and began to speak boldly and share Jesus boldly. It didn't say just the disciples went out. It didn't say just, you know, Peter and John went out. No, it said the whole church went out and shared Jesus. Because evangelism, I mean, Jesus' plan for us isn't just for a few people to go and tell the world about Jesus. It's for the whole church. It's, it's to make everybody go out and tell the world about Jesus. It's for everybody. So evangelism, right? In our church, you guys remember what our mission statement is? It's love God, love people, and share Christ, right? We're all about sharing Christ. So each one of us should be all about 
sharing Christ. That shouldn't be something like, oh man, we got to talk about evangelism today. I don't even like that. I just, does anybody ever feel like, oh, that's like a rough word, like your palms maybe start to get sweaty, you know, like, oh, I have to talk to people about Jesus, like, that sounds brutal, you know, that sounds tough, I don't know what to say, like, what are they going to think about me, you know, that's, that's difficult, and we can kind of have that, that just, you know, pain in the depths of our gut reaction to like, oh, this is going to be rough, and uh, I got to admit, I've been in that boat sometimes where you hear that word evangelism, and, and I've seen it done wrong a lot where uh, I've been to several meetings. I remember one when I was a teenager where you got into the thing and they're like, all right, here's exactly what you need to say. And they give you this script. And then at the end of it, it was like this bait and switch almost. They're like, okay, now, if you don't go out and tell 10 people and read through this script with them, then uh, you got to take me out to lunch and pay for it. I'm like, what? Like, uh, is this how we're supposed to share Jesus with people? Is like, coerce them and force them into sharing Jesus. And so I promise today I'm not going to coerce you or force you to share your faith. But, but my desire is that you can have real conversations with real people. And, and just out of the honesty and, and out of the, the love that you have for God, that you can share Jesus. Because you know what? In the Bible, it wasn't like people were forced to share their faith. I, I, don't, I never saw Jesus forcing people to share their faith. But I did see, you know, someone who was crippled, who Jesus healed, you know, who, or who Peter got to, to pray for, and he jumped up, and they couldn't shut him up. I mean, he just ran around and told everybody because he was excited. They didn't give him a, here's, here's how to do it, here's what you need to do. No, he was just excited. The demon-possessed man that Jesus healed, he, he went and told everybody. The woman at the well, she went back and told her whole town, and it wasn't because Jesus was like, okay, here's how you tell people about me. No, it just came naturally out of their relationship with God, and, and that's what it should be in our lives. Again, our mission statement is to love God, love people, and share Christ. And so if we love God, if we truly understand who God is, and we have this deep love for him, and, and we realize the, the depths of what he saved us out of, uh, you know, and, and we love him with all of our heart, we begin to realize that God loves people. Not, not just you, not just the person sitting next to you, but even like the bad ones, right? Even, even the liars, even the cheaters in this world, because, I mean, we're all sinners, right? And, and God looks at people, and, and he loves them. And so the more we love God, the more we see things the way that God sees things, right? Break my heart for what breaks yours. God, help me to see people the way you see people. And we start to see people not as, not as like the scum of the earth, but we start seeing people as broken, people who need a savior, people who, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know, we start to see beyond the outside and we start to see the inside of people that they just, they just really need a savior. That's what they need. They, they need something else. And, and so naturally out of all that, we should have this desire to share good news with them and let them know, hey, you might be hurt, you might be broken, but guess what? I, I know a savior who, who, can, who can solve that, who can, who can heal you, who can touch you, who can restore you, who can save you, Right? And that's what evangelism should be. It should be just sharing Jesus out of the goodness of what God has done in our lives. And, and it shouldn't be painful, but it should be something that we're excited to do. You see, evangelism is not having uh, this acute knowledge of all the theology, right? Uh, of every theology that you need to know. Evangelism is not about being super bold and just being able to speak to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Uh, it's not reserved for just super Christians, or certain Christians. That's not what evangelism is. 
And also, you know what evangelism's not? Just simply bringing people to church. Like, that's, that's good. But there's more to evangelism than that. Did you know you can share Jesus with somebody and they can get saved on the spot? They don't have to sit in a pew to get saved. Right? It's more than that. It's more than that. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, but oftentimes we can put roadblocks in our way. We can think, man, I'm all alone. I don't have any resources. I don't have any tools. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to talk to Jesus with people. Like, but here's the thing. You're not alone. You've got the best tool ever to tell people about Jesus. And he's called the Holy Spirit right? The Holy Spirit came to give you power to witness. The Holy Spirit came so he could give you the words to share. You are not alone. And and so I want to look at this story in Acts chapter 8 of a guy named Philip and just how he used the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit used him to reach people and to share Christ, not forced, not in a weird way, but just naturally coming up. And uh, so in Acts chapter 8 verse 26, that's where I want to start, it says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that leads down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. And I want to stop there for a moment. Because Philip did two very simple things in this passage uh, that we can learn from. Very easy on how to share your faith. He did two things. He listened and he obeyed. He listened and he obeyed God. Right? We tend to complicate things. We tend to try to make things more difficult than they are. But that's all that, that Philip did. He listened and he obeyed. Now, if you read earlier in the chapter, Philip had some awesome things going on. Uh, He was in a town called Samaria that God led him to, and I mean, revival was breaking out. People were being healed. Uh, Demon-possessed people were were getting the demons cast out of them. I mean, it was great, and it said the whole city was filled with great joy. I mean, revival was happening in Samaria. Good things were happening, and then in the midst of it, God shows up and he says, Philip, I want you to leave. I want you to leave town. In fact, I want you to go down to the desert place. I want you to go south, right? Now, it doesn't say what Philip said other than he just got up and went, right? He said, rise and go. And so Philip, he rose and he went and he left. But if I'm Philip, I'm sitting there like, God, are you sure? Like, don't you see what's happening here? Like, there's more work to do. Like, I'm leading this charge. If I leave right now, this whole thing might blow up. Like, this might not work. This revival might stop. Like, God, you got me here for a reason. Good things are happening. How can you send me away, God? How can you do that? And besides that, what am I supposed to do? What am I, where am I, I'm supposed to go to a desert? There's no people in the desert, God. Where, what do you want me to do? So God just tells him, hey, get up and go. I'll give you the instructions later. Just do it. So that's what Philip does. He, he listens and he obeys and he rises and he, he goes. So he obeyed God even when it didn't make sense. Even when it didn't make sense. What's the Holy Spirit been speaking to you lately? Has he, has he told you to do anything to, that maybe didn't make sense? What he, what's he putting on your heart lately? 
Because what Philip did is he simply obeyed. He simply obeyed. And that's a big step for us. That's, that's a tough thing for us to do is just, okay, God, you want me to do that? But I want to know all the details. Like, I want to know what happens next. I want you to tell me exactly what's going down before I do this. But the, the question is, are we going to follow logic or are we going to follow the Holy Spirit? I like following logic, but man, following the Holy Spirit's way more exciting and works out much, much better, right? So Philip is following the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is as he followed God, as he trusted him, as he's going down this desert road, uh, I'm sure his mind was racing. I'm sure he's thinking like, okay, God, where do you want me to go? You know, he's walking down like, is that the town? Do I need to go to that town? Is that the town that he's like, no, okay. Uh, how about that person? Like that person probably needs me to share. Like, no, no. And he's walking down trying to figure this all out, trying to figure out what the purpose is. And finally, he comes across this royal court official, this Ethiopian guy, and the Holy Spirit tells him, this is the one, right? He didn't know he was going to meet that guy on the road that day, but when he saw him, the Holy Spirit let him know this is the one. So it's interesting that, that God tells him, step one, go, and he went. Step two, there's the one specifically I'm calling you to, and it, and it said that, that he ran up to them, that he ran up to them. See, when you listen and obey the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to the right person. And sometimes that can be the challenge of our faith is it's like, all right, I'm supposed to share Jesus and we just go up and, I don't know, have this forceful conversation with people and it's just weird and it doesn't turn out right. But I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the right person to speak to, that he's going to be doing, because it, it takes something going on in their lives on the other end too. The Holy Spirit's convicting them, the Holy Spirit's planting seeds, and he's going to lead you to the right person at the right moment. I believe that. There's a pray, prayer that I've prayed many times, and I think God's been faithful to answer it every single time, probably because it's his will. And I, I'll ask, I'll pray God, God, send somebody to me today to share Jesus with. I dare you, pray that prayer. God's going to send you somebody. Now, there's been some days where uh, I see that person, I realize it in that moment, and I jump on it, and I share Jesus with them. There's other days where it's like, oh, God, not that one. Like, do I really, do they, they, they don't need Jesus. You know, and you try to, like, reason your way out of it. And there's other days I get to the end of the day like, Jesus, you didn't send anybody by way. He's like, yeah, I did. You just weren't paying attention. You know, and so I challenge you, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. God, send somebody for me to share Jesus with today. And he's going to put somebody in your path. Maybe it's somebody you see at the grocery store. Maybe it's somebody who unexpectedly shows up in your path at work or at your house that day. But somebody that you can share Jesus with. So allow the Spirit to lead you. And I believe that as you're obedient to God's calling, that he's going to give you that opportunity to share your faith, and he's going to prompt you. Uh, the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. Uh, for me, often what happens, and this is probably different for everybody, but I notice it because like my heart just starts beating loud. You guys ever experienced that where it's like, what is going on? Can everybody else hear this or is this just me, right? And it's like, okay, God, clearly something's happening here. Clearly you're wanting me to do something that my, you know, earthly self doesn't want to do, but my spirit is saying, Ben, this is your moment. This person needs to hear about Jesus. So, so maybe for you, maybe that's the same way you felt your heart just pounding outside of your chest and it's like, God, what are you trying to tell me? Share your faith with the person in front of you. Come on, you can do this. For others, uh, maybe you just feel this wave of compassion come over you and you see that person, your heart just breaks for them and you don't even know why you don't know that person. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit just leading you to say, hey, you need to go talk to them. 
You need to go share Jesus with them. You know, and, and you start to see people the way that, that God sees people. So maybe it's that way, just that wave of compassion. Um, I've seen the Holy Spirit operate in visions and dreams of where, man, you're, you're dreaming something one night and you see this person, it's like clear as day, and the next day you see that person in real life, like, where did they come from? You know, maybe you need to share Jesus with that person. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit's telling you. So he operates differently in different people. Uh, for Philip, it was just the Holy Spirit told him, you know, probably more of just a gentle whisper in Philip of like, that's the one. That's the one, Philip. And he just knew in his spirit, okay, this is the person that I need to go and I need to talk to. So however the Holy Spirit might operate, be faithful, listen, and obey. Right? I love how simple that Philip made it. The angel said, rise and go. So Philip rose and went. The spirit told him, go over to that chariot. So Philip ran to him. I mean, it was just simple obedience. He didn't complicate it. He didn't ask God a million questions. Uh, he didn't debate it in his mind. He said, nope, God told me to do it. I'm going to do it. We oftentimes can look at people in the Bible and think, man, what great faith they had. What great faith that they had. What great miracles did they do? But they didn't do anything great. All they did was listened and obeyed. Can we do that? Can we? Sure, we've got our mistakes. We've got our errors. We, we don't do everything right. But can we listen and obey? Can we listen and obey? And I, I like how it said that Philip ran. Philip ran up to the chariot. He didn't just listen. He hustled, right? He didn't just obey. He hustled. He's like, God, I want to obey you as fast as I can. And think about that, parents. Imagine if you told your kids, Kids, clean up your room. And they ran to their room and they picked it up with much haste, right? Can you imagine? Like, I'm pretty sure if my kids did that, I'm like, I'm going to reward you today. Like, you get a prize for being awesome. Can you imagine, you know, just how God views us when He tells us to do something and rather than like, oh, really, God, not today, not now. I don't, I've got, I'm too busy today. Like, that person, it, can you imagine if we just said, okay, God. And we hustled. And we said, I'm going to do that now. I'm not going to put that off. I'm going to go for it. Can you imagine just, I think God would, would want to bless us a little bit more that day just because we're ready to go and we're trusting in him and we're honoring him. So we need to listen and obey. Listen and obey. Keep reading here in, in verse 30. So again, it said, so Philip ran to him and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this, his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? about himself or about someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture. He told the good news about Jesus. Now, I love what happens in this story. God prompts Philip to go. Philip goes, right? Uh, God gives him the right next step, and, and he tells him, okay, that's the chariot, that's the guy. And so Philip hustles, and he, he takes off, and he runs up, right? And he does that. And then he gets there, and all of a sudden, you know, because you could have a bunch of questions. Then you could be like, okay, well, God, what do I say to this guy? I don't have anything in common with him. Like, what am I going to do? But it's interesting that 
as Philip obeyed, God gave him that night next right step. And so he runs up and he starts hearing him reading the Bible, reading the prophets. And he's like, oh, well, this is going to be easy. God, I know exactly what to talk to him about. Here's a guy who, who already has questions, and you need me to help answer those questions for him. See, I believe that as we're faithful to what God wants us to do, that he's going to give us those on-ramps. He's going to give us those on-ramps into conversations with people of how to share Jesus with them. And I believe it can be very, very natural, that it can just be part of our normal, everyday conversations. But the question is, are we willing to take those on-ramps? Are we willing to take them? They're there for us, but, but will we take them? So here he goes by this man, and, and he's reading the Bible. So that, I feel like, man, that's an easy one, right? He's asking him questions. That's an easy on-ramp. But here's some more on-ramps or key phrases or words or situations where you can share Jesus with people. So let these be like little like warning signs that go off in your brain of, hey, I could share Jesus here in this moment. I could share Jesus in this moment. Maybe somebody says, hey, I'm new to town. I just moved here. That might be some good words that you can, you can share. Or maybe you can even invite them to church of, oh, hey, you're new here? Uh, let me show you around. Uh, let me tell you what God's doing here in this town. Some easy words. Uh, some other words that, that are key are, hey, life's been hard. Things have been difficult. I'm going through a rough time. Jesus can help you go through those rough times right? Maybe you've gone through a rough time, and that's an easy way that you can connect and, and tell your story of how Jesus helped you through a rough time. But that might be an opportunity where somebody's open to the gospel because they're going through a hard time and they don't have an answer. Well, guess what, church? We, we've got an answer. We've got an answer for difficult things. You know, maybe somebody starts asking the questions like, I don't get it. You know, why, why did this person have to die? You know, I, I don't get it. Why, why do I have to go through this pain? Why do I have to go through this disease? Why did I get this diagnosis? Why do I have to go through this struggle? Those are some, some words where, hey, you can, you can bring up Jesus. It's an open door. And, and I love how, I mean, we look at Philip. Look at this conversation Philip has with this guy. Uh, with this guy. I mean, this is, this is how to share your faith 101. So if you're wondering, like, how does this work? Uh, the first thing that he did... Uh, he asked the question. He said, do you understand what you are reading? See, I believe the best way to engage with somebody and share your faith is to start by asking them a question. Ask them about themselves. The best way to reach people is not through a script. It's through genuinely caring about them. It's through genuinely caring about them. Because nobody wants to hear what you have to say if you don't care about them. I mean, let's be real. So take some time in that conversation and just care about the person. How's it going? What are you going through? Don't just ask them one, and, one question and be done with it, but, but care about their situation. Comment on their situation. Man, you know, you've had someone pass? Tell me about it. What did they, tell me about that person. What did they mean to you? What are you going through? How are you feeling? You know, hey, what can I do to just meet some needs that you're going through? And genuinely care for someone, because again, that's the best way we can reach people. It's not through a script. It's through genuinely caring for them. So that's what Philip did. He asked him, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're going through? You look confused, my friend. Tell me your problems. Tell me your issues. I want to know. And the second thing that, that Philip did that we often don't do very well is listen. He just listened. He gave him the space to share. You know, how often do we go by someone and we're like, hey, how you doing? No, I didn't actually want to know how you were doing, just... 
wanted you to say good, you know? And, and we go through that, and we go through that process, but will we take the time to listen, for them to actually share their needs of what's going on? And it said that, that he shared about what the prophet Isaiah said, and, and he couldn't figure out who he's referring to, and there was just this great struggle within him of he wanted to do what was right, but he just couldn't figure out what was right. You ever gone through that struggle? God, I want to do what's right, but I don't, I don't know what's right. You know, maybe there's people around you that are going through that same thing that this Ethiopian guy was doing. God, I want to do what's right. I want to do the right thing, but I don't know what the right thing is to do. Can you show me what that right thing is? And what's interesting is now all of a sudden that Philip built some relationship with this guy that he just met, and, and this Ethiopian guy, he's like, okay, this is a guy who cares. This is a person who's yeah, he's asking me questions, he's, he's listening to me, and now all of a sudden this guy opens up and he starts asking questions to Philip, and he starts, hey, can you tell me? Can you tell me, who is this? Who's this prophet talking about? What are these scripture passages I'm reading? Uh, how did you do this? And, and so, same way, when you're having conversations with people, when they see that you care, they're going to start asking you questions. They're going to start asking you like, well, hey, how did you deal with this when you went through that pain? How did, how did you do this? How, how do you think I should manage this? What, should you think, what do you think I should do? And the third thing that Philip did is when, once he got those questions, then he, he responded. He responded. It said that then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus right? Who is that servant, right? Who is like a sheep who was led to the slaughter, uh, like a lamb before its shearer is silent, like all these different things. He's like, it's talking about Jesus, right? Let me tell you about my savior. And what's neat is Philip didn't come up to him with a script. He didn't just go into his spiel. He, he started with, this is where you're at. Well, let me tell you how Jesus is an answer to that problem. Like you're, you're working through these questions and you're trying to figure it out. Well, the answer is simple. The answer is Jesus. And, and we don't know the exact words that he said, but he shared from the heart and he shared honest things and, and, and he led him from where he was to where he needed to be that day. And so for all of us, we need to be ready to share our story. Be ready to share your story. What did Jesus do in your life? How has Jesus changed your life? Uh, we saw that just a couple weeks ago with water baptisms. They got up here and they shared... Three simple things, what their life was like before Jesus, how they met Jesus, and how their life's different after Jesus, right? That's all the testimony is. It's just simply sharing where you've been, what Jesus did, and where he's put you on a path now, where you're going. Man, I was hopeless before I met Jesus. I was, I was lost uh, before I met Jesus. I was addicted before I met Jesus. I was filling the blank. What were you before Jesus? And this was the moment. This was the moment for me where Jesus changed my life. Maybe it was at an altar. You know, maybe it was uh, in a Sunday school class. Maybe it was you were at rock bottom and you were sitting there in your vehicle wondering, should I end it all? But yet that's where Jesus came in and you gave your life to him. What was the moment? And how was your life different after that? What's changed? What, what's new? Man, I'm not hopeless anymore. I've got a plan and I've got a purpose because God has given me purpose. He's given me value in my life like I've never experienced it before. And now I'm on the right path and I don't feel so depressed. I don't feel so lonely. Uh, I'm not addicted anymore. God is changing me. So what, what's your story? What's your testimony? And I encourage you, that's something 
You don't have to work out in the moment. You can think about that well in advance. You can take time today just to to write down your your testimony. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes long. It might be one minute long of just what God has done in your life in that moment. He changed you and, and what is new now so that we can be ready. The Bible tells us we need to be prepared to give an answer. When people ask you about the hope that you have, when people say, hey, how did you get through this? Why are you different? Let's be ready to just share our story because your story is powerful. Your story is life-changing, and your story can help somebody else. And that's what Philip did. He, he was able to share what Jesus did in his life and how he changed him. How he changed him. There is one more step, though, to sharing your faith. Beyond just asking questions, listening, genuinely caring about somebody, and even just sharing Jesus with them, there's one more important step. We see that in verse 36, uh, starting in 36. It says this. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns he came uh, until he came to Caesarea. So just kind of an interesting story, you know, thinking about that for a moment. So Philip gives him an opportunity to respond, and, and this guy stops, and he's like, hey, there's some water there, even on this desert road, and uh, why don't I get baptized right here? Why don't I follow that commandment uh, of Jesus, right? And so he gives him this opportunity to respond, and, and he gets baptized, and then apparently Philip's work was done, so God just like took him away. That'd be cool. I want to get used like that someday where, you know, God just miraculously transports you. And you're like, okay, God, how did I get here? Right? And he just goes on preaching the gospel wherever he goes. But the, the fourth thing and the important thing here is give an opportunity to respond. Give the opportunity for the other person to respond. Don't, don't make your opportunity to respond. All right, here's my story. Here, here, love Jesus. You want to come to church with me now? Like, okay, that's good. But there's something better. Ask him, hey, do you want to receive Jesus? You can do that right here, right now. Like, God's called us all, go and make disciples. He's empowered you to do it. He's given you his Holy Spirit. Don't pass that off to somebody else. That's your job, right? That, that's your, man, that's the moment. Don't let somebody else do that. Like, take hold of that and be like, God, I can't wait to ask somebody that question. Because what if they say yes? Wouldn't that be neat? If you got to lead someone to Jesus uh, at a coffee shop, or you got to lead someone to Jesus while you're driving around town, you got to lead someone to Jesus at your house or at their house. When we're sharing our faith, we need to give them the opportunity to respond. I mean, those things, they go hand in hand together. Let's not take the easy route and just say, hey, will you come to church with me? You can ask that one later after, you know, they say yes or no. Uh, you know, hey, will you come to church? Will you sit right next to me? It's going to be a great time. Let's, that's part of the discipleship-making process of like, hey, we're going to grow together. But you might be thinking, but what if they say no, right? And that can be oftentimes a detractor of like, oh, God, I can't do that. Like, that would be embarrassing um, if I asked them and, and they, said, they said no. That'd be tough. But here's the thing, whether they say no or yes, uh, that's not on you. It's not your job to save anyone. That's Jesus' job. You can't save anyone. 
But our job is just simply to share, to tell the world about Jesus, to go and be his witnesses, to, to go and share our faith. It's up to Jesus, it's up to the Holy Spirit to convict them, to cleanse them. We can't save anyone, only God can. Your part is simply to obey, to obey and to speak. Now, let me share one of my stories. Recently, I was challenged to share my faith, right? Now, you think as a pastor that, I mean, God's hand is just on me and everybody who I talk to just comes to Jesus, right? You think that. It doesn't work that way, all right? We're, we're going to have times where we, we don't have the success we think we should have. But again, success isn't in seeing someone come to Christ. Success is in being faithful and obeying. That's success, right? So the other day... Um, Actually, Tim and I, we were out together, and we were like, okay, we need to share Jesus with somebody. And I was like, Tim, drop me off at that party store over there. Uh, I feel like I need to share Jesus with somebody in there. So I walk in, and I mean, the place is just dead. Uh, there's like no customers. Everybody looks really bored. Uh, the checker lady's just sitting there like, okay, must have all the jobs done. Great. And, and I look, I'm like, okay, that lady's the person I need to share Jesus with. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just go up to her and just bull rush her and tell her about Jesus. So, you know, I'm looking around the store trying to find something. You know, my heart's doing that whole pounding thing. Like, okay, yep, yep, God, that's the person. I need to do it. I'm trying to figure out, all right, what do I say? What do I do? And so I just go up and just start, start a conversation with her. I'm talking to her, you know, about her, her family and how things are going. And, you know, I'm trying to just genuinely care about this person because God's putting this person in my heart. And again, the store's dead. There's, there's nobody in it. There's nothing happening. And uh, talking with her, and, and finally I got to the point of, okay, now I need to share my story, and I need to share what happened. I got, I kid you not, I got 20 seconds in. All of a sudden, like some store employee who I hadn't seen before pops up, and they're like, oh, hey, you've got a phone call. I'm like, where did you come from, first of all? And I was just about to tell this lady about Jesus, right? And I'm looking at her iPhone, and there's, it was just a blank screen. There was no phone call there. She was just trying to rescue her friend from having to get told about Jesus, right? Like she spotted it from a mile away. And, uh, you know, so I, I thanked them for their time and, and I walked away and it was just like, okay, God, like what's going on? I thought I was supposed to share that person. But again, the victory isn't in the results. The victory is in listening and obeying. And, and God's going to do big things. So you may not be successful, you may not have somebody come and save you or save the other person from getting to hear about Jesus in the middle of it either. I, I don't know what it might look like for you. Uh, that was just my experience. And, and you're going to have days where you just feel like, man, this is, God, what are you telling me? But there's going to be other days. There's going to be those moments when you say, hey, do you want to accept Jesus as your Savior? And they say, yes. And that's going to make all the difference in their world right? And it happened simply because you were faithful. You listened and you obeyed. I just want you to think. Think about what could happen when you follow the Spirit's leading. And this man's life was changed because Philip said, yes, God, I'll go down the desert road. Yes, God, I'm, I'll follow you even though you're not telling me what to do or, or who I'm supposed to reach specifically. You know, who knows what happens next? This guy goes back to Ethiopia. He's got some power, clearly. Who did he tell? Who did he share Jesus with? You know, we don't know the end of that story, but just think about the ripple effects that could happen simply because Philip did something God told him to do that didn't make sense, but he followed. He listened and obeyed. What could happen if you listened and obeyed to the Holy Spirit? Who might you reach? 
how many lives might be saved from heaven to hell because you were faithful, because you listened and obeyed. Check out this video. Hey everybody, this is Evangelist Johnny Jernigan. I'm so glad we have just a few minutes here to talk about how you can share your faith. And you really can. There's a miracle story in your heart that's bursting to get out, to let other people know what God's done for you, He can do for them. And someone's miracle is in your mouth. And the enemy's been so good at using fear and intimidation to stop the body of Christ from sharing our faith because many people are just locked down with fear. Well, the only way we overcome fear is to open our mouth and tell others what God has done for us. And you know what? That's really what it comes down to. It's really just your story. Jesus gave us two instructions right before he left this earth to go back to be with the Father. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. He knew we needed the power of the Holy Spirit if we were going to be effective witnesses for him. And he said, you go pray in the Spirit and it will give you fuel and power so you can go tell other people about faith in Christ. And then the last instruction Jesus gave us was go into all the world and preach this gospel. Preach means proclaim out loud. Preach this gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've, I've commanded you, and, and I will be with you all the way to the end of the age. Listen, it's a commission, a great commission, a co-mission. We're in mission with God to tell everybody else what God has done for us. And I, I, can I tell you, silence is the enemy of truth. And if we're not telling people what God has done for us, we've missed what Jesus was calling us to do. He didn't tell us to go just sit in the church. He called us to be salt and light to the earth. And we can stand in the light and scream at the darkness, or we can stand in the darkness and shine the light. Eventually, being a Christian has got to cost us more than just going to church. Because nothing times nothing is nothing. If we try nothing, we'll get nothing. But there are people waiting on your story because it can change their life. Here's my story, life before Jesus, how I found Jesus, life with Jesus. Would you just write that down and go practice your story? Just write it down word for word. And then just go stand in front of a mirror and practice it over and over till it becomes a part of you. So that at any time when you're given the chance, you can tell somebody what Christ has done for you and how God can do it for them. And I want you to know your story is life-changing. It's your story. I have my story, but your story is as important as anybody's in the earth. It's what Jesus has done for you. Can I tell you a miracle story that happened to me uh, just a few days ago in Montgomery, Alabama? I was in Montgomery, and I was at a restaurant with a pastor after a service. And we had gone to get some lunch. And while we were eating there, there was a, a little girl who was working at that restaurant. And she was cleaning a table, and she looked like olive oil from Popeye. <laughs> just a frail little girl. She looked so tired. And the Lord just came on me with compassion. He said, tell her that I love her. And he said, grab her by the hand. I was like, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do what you say. And so she came by the table. I said, sweetheart, can I just tell you something? Thank you for the job you're doing. You're working so hard. But can I just tell you the Lord loves you? And I said, can I just grab your hand for just a moment? And she looked at me and she gave me her hand. And I joined hands with her and I said, God loves you. And he wants you to serve him with your whole heart. She started crying. She said, I'm, I'm pregnant. My boyfriend just left me. I don't know what to do with my life. 
And I said, God wants you to know he can touch you right here in this restaurant. I said, can I pray for you? And I, I pulled out my phone. I read a couple of scriptures to, you, to her. I keep the Roman road scriptures right here on my cell phone. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, uh, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9 and 10, Romans 10.13, Romans 8.1, and Romans 8.38 and 39. I keep them right there on my phone. And I said, can I just read this to you? And I began to read the word of God to her because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And she said, I need to get back to God. And standing right there in that restaurant, we prayed, the pastor and I and the sweet little girl, we prayed and said, this church will help you. And I want you to know she went back to that church the next Sunday and is now attending that church. It all started just because I told my story. Your story is so life-changing because it's what God has done for you. And there are people that are so broken and so bruised and so suicidal. Uh, they're so scared right now uh, in this pandemic. They don't know who to believe. They don't know what to believe. But they need to see in you that you have a story of where you used to be, how you met Christ, and what Christ means to you right now. Lives are at stake. Eternity is at stake. And your story is somebody else's miracle. And I want to beg you, go find somebody, either in a grocery store, uh, at, at a gas station, uh, at a restaurant, on an airplane, wherever you might be flying, or, or uh, a family member, or a co-worker, a, co a classmate. Find somebody and say, can I tell you the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? Or just ask them that question. We cut right through the issues with this simple little question. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Jesus? Those are the two questions I ask everyone. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Jesus? Well, can I tell you the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? And by telling that story, I earned the right many times to tell them about Christ. I'm an active soul winner. It's not just something I talk about. And I don't just do this because I'm an evangelist. I do it because it's my heart passion. I beg you, go tell someone. They're waiting for your story. Life before Jesus, how you found Jesus, life with Jesus. Get those Roman road scriptures. Just put them on your notes app on your phone. And that, that will help you see people come to faith in Christ. And God can use you. I beg you, they're waiting for you. You go tell them, and God's going to do miracles. I believe in you. Bye-bye. Somebody's miracle is in your mouth. I like that one. Somebody's miracle is in your mouth. Your story has the power to change people. And Jesus changes people, but, but it's through your story. It's through your story, being willing to share and being willing to share that. And again, I don't believe that it has to be a forced thing, but it can be just a natural thing. It can be a part of your life, of just what you do on a daily basis, because Jesus has changed you. Just as the crippled man who was healed couldn't keep his mouth shut, he had to tell everyone. Just as the demon-possessed man who was who was freed of demons, who was set free, had to tell everyone, and the woman at the well had to go tell her whole town. It was just something that came out of thankfulness, out of gratitude, out of, wow, God, look at what you did in me. I want other people to know that. I want other people to know that. And what's neat is the Holy Spirit's going to be with you the entire time. He's going to lead you to the right people. He's going to put that right person in your path. And when you're faithful and you listen and you obey and you go up to them, I believe he's going to give you the right words to say. He's going to give you the right questions to ask. And you might have been nervous, but then you get up in that moment, it's just like, man, what's happening? Who am I? Who is this person? That's the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And he's going to, he's going to give you the right things. See, the greatest resource that I can give you today, we, we gave you those books earlier. Again, be sure to pick up one of these. 
Um, if anybody's interested in those Romans Road verses, come talk to me. We'll get you, we'll get you those so you can just share scripture with people who have, who have questions. You know, you can write down your, your testimony and do all that. That's great, right? That's good, and those are things that we should do. But the greatest resource that I can give you today or that you can receive is the Holy Spirit. It's the greatest resource that you can have. Better than a book, better than, than, a, than a script, better than, you know, words that you've got written down. The Holy Spirit to guide you. See, the Holy Spirit filled Philip. He did signs and wonders through Philip. The Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and told him, this is where you need to go. The Holy Spirit guided Philip and he showed him the, the right path. And he made a divine encounter happen at the road to Gaza. The Holy Spirit prepared the Ethiopian's heart before Philip ever met it. The Holy Spirit gave Philip the words to say. And the Holy Spirit convicted and cleansed that man. And then after that, the Holy Spirit supernaturally transported Philip to his next assignment. There's no book out there that can teach you how to do that. That's the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So I encourage you today, let's seek after the Holy Spirit. Let's seek after the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me today? We're just going to take some time today. We're going to open these altars. And I encourage you, if you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, now's the time. Let's keep seeking Him. Let's keep chasing after God because He's got more for us. If you're worried about, man, how do I reach my neighbor? How do I reach this coworker? Let's get more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what we need. Uh, he gives us the boldness. He, he empowers us to witness. So let's keep chasing. We're going to talk about uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit next week, and that's going to be powerful. But you don't have to wait till next week. God can do it right now. God can do it right here uh, at an altar today. So I'm going to pray, and uh, you know, we're, we're not going to formally dismiss or anything, but I want to encourage you. Spend some time at these altars today. And when God is done with it, you can go. But if you need prayer, we'll have people down here who can pray with you. And uh, we, we just, we just want to go after God in this place. Anybody hungry for Jesus today? Anybody hungry for more of his presence? Let's get to that desperate place of God, all we need is you. Jesus, we, we come to you today. Lord, we need more of your spirit. We need more of your spirit in our lives because we can't do it on our own. God, we don't have all the answers. God, I can't prepare someone's heart. Only you can. God, you give us the right words, give us the right timing, give us the right person that we can have real conversations with real people with real problems because we got a real Jesus and a real answer to their issues. So God, fill us with your Holy Spirit today. Fill us with more of your power, with more of your presence that words can't describe. So God, we come to these altars today and we ask that you change us. Fill us in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I invite you to the altars today, church.